Thanks for checking out the Church RC podcast today. If you're new to the church or you want to learn more about us, you can always check us out at thechurchrc.com. Or we would love for you to stay connected throughout your week and everywhere you go with the Church RC app. Available for free anywhere you download apps. Now, here's Pastor Brian Sparks. How are y'all doing today? Come on, you doing good? We are in a series called Guardrails, and this is part eight. That's a long series for me, and, uh, but I, I feel like it's been good, and I'm, I'm uh, excited about um, I, I'm excited about wrapping it up uh, today. So this will be it. I'm going to get off your toes. But uh, as uh, before I move on, and, and uh, I just wanted to take just a moment. As you all know, we are launching our second campus in Royce City. I mean, I'm sorry, in Sulphur Springs, Texas. Royce City, that's where we're currently at. Uh, we are launching our second campus in Sulphur Springs, Texas, and uh, God's got great things. God continues to grow that team there. We have over a hundred that are on the on the dream team right now who are who are excited about launching this campus, and so it's going to be really amazing. We uh, that campus, just so you know, it's going. We're not going anywhere. It's going to be a video campus, and uh, so they're going to get to see me on a big screen, just like you're watching me on a big screen right now, uh, because everybody watches the screen, right? And uh, and so. So, but we also know this, that it's more than just a message. It's, we need people that love people, pastor people who care about people. And so we've really been praying about who, who fits that position, who really has a heart to carry on the vision of our church and who can move it forward as we continue to grow as a church. And, and, uh, we, we, uh, we, we invested in this couple. We, we, as y'all know, we are an ark church. Uh, we, we planted there. It's not a religion. That's just, uh, that's a, a, a group that helps people plant churches. So, and they really take you through the ringer. And I mean, they check everything. I mean, they check you from head to toe to make sure that you're healthy, that you've really fit the position. And uh, we are proud to say that our campus pastors have fit that bill. And that is Denver and Salem Hines. Come on, somebody. We're excited about this. Come on, ain't that a good looking couple? Yeah. I think, I think Denver wants to say a, a couple of things. Oh, yeah, I would love to. Guys, we're so excited about launching this campus in Sulphur Springs. We're from that area, and we really have a heart for the city and a heart for the people there. And so we're so excited about creating an atmosphere for people to encounter Jesus in Sulphur Springs, and it's going to be great. And so if you're from that area, know someone, like, connect us. Let's make it happen. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Come on. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Let's pray for them. You'll see them around, uh, so they're not leaving forever, but we're going to pray for them and just as a church and just show that we support them. Yes. And y'all continue to cover them in prayer, continue to pray for them. Uh, p- planning a church isn't easy. Pastoring a church isn't easy. Um, I, I've done both of them, and they're hard. So anyways, let's pray for them. Lord, right now, Lord, we thank you for this amazing yes. couple. God, we thank you, that, uh, Lord, that you are going to give them favor, not just with God, but with men. And Lord, I pray as they go into this city, as they begin to plant this campus, Lord, I pray that they would carry uh, uh, our heart of our church and God, your heart, more importantly, Lord, that they would create atmospheres for people to encounter Jesus. God, that we would see tremendous fruit as they plant a life-giving church in Sulphur Springs, Texas. We thank you for them. Bless them. Let everything they do, let it prosper in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Amen.
God's good. Now get off my stage. I got to preach. Hey, okay. Sun's out, gun's out, right? It's hot. Uh, we apologize. We understand it's warm. We are working with the school constantly trying to uh, get, get, get this fixed, okay? And they've had some uh, AC issues. We keep talking to them. They thought they had them fixed, but clearly it's not. Wear shorts and a t-shirt. We're cool, uh, right? It's, it's, we're going to get it worked on. We're going to get it fixed, but just be patient with us. It's kind of the frustrating part about not owning your own building. And uh, you can't just set the AC at whatever you feel like setting it out. So we're just constantly working with them. So please forgive us. Be gracious to us. We are working on it. We buy fans to try to keep some of y'all are on the back row. You've got the best seat in the house. Uh, and so it's okay. Uh, y'all good? You know, it's the hottest day of the week. That's all. That's all I say. I just say our church is the hottest day of the week and literally mean that it's the hottest day of the week. So you got a Bible, turn to Proverbs. Proverbs 4, verse 7, Proverbs 4, 7. We've been in a series called Guardrails. If you haven't uh, been here, that's okay. Uh, you're, you're, gonna, you're not going to miss out on anything. But you can always download our app or you can go wherever you get your podcasts and you can get uh, those. Uh, we, this is part 8. Uh, you will only have 7 parts uh, on there because somebody forgot to hit record. Uh, not our current sound person, but somebody else who's being sent to Sulphur Springs, Texas to plant a church because they're not clearly not good enough to be, I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, not to throw anybody under the bus or anything, but you know, I mean, just 20 hours of work down the drain, but whatever. I mean, it is what it is. Um, anyways, no, but uh, you'll get seven parts of that. And, I, and, and we've talked about everything, right? I mean, we've talked about time, managing your time better. We've talked about guarding your heart. We've talked about guarding your mouth. Come on, that's a fun topic. And, and, and we're just continuing this. And here's the deal, is that God intends for us, and he puts in his Bible, in his word, for us to have guardrails. We see guardrails on the road all the time, and you never need a guardrail until you need a guardrail. And what they're there for is they're there to keep you from going into a dangerous or an off-limit area right? Because we don't want to end up wherever that guardrail is keeping us from. And, and, and really the truth is, is that when you have guardrails in place, when you get close to a guardrail, you start to get nervous. And that's exactly what they're supposed to do. They're, okay, I need to correct. I need to get within, I need to get in my lane and I need to get away from this guardrail. And that's exactly what we need in our life. We need things in our life that when we get close to, it keeps us from straying into a dangerous or an off-limit area because ultimately we want to get to our destination. We want to get to the plans and the purpose that God has for our life. That is our desire. That is our heart. That's what we want to do. Nobody wants to wander aimlessly through life. Nobody wants to end up in a bar ditch. Nobody wants to end up ruining their life, right? And if you will put guardrails in your life, see, we look at God's word and we we, we say, well, these are good suggestions, but they're not really relevant for today. They're extremely relevant for today. The truth is, is just because the world says they're not relevant does not mean they're relevant. The reason why that God put this in his word and, and these guard, these things to guard in his word is not to keep us from having fun. It's to keep us from getting hurt, right? You don't want to be hurt. We don't want to be in pain. And the truth is, is that you can get away with it one time, two times, three times, but eventually you'll end up hurt or in trouble, or with a wounded heart. 
And God wants you healthy and whole. So this is what guardrails, we're going in to part eight of guardrails. And uh, before I jump in, let's come on, give it up for everybody watching online right now. Come on, <laughs> listening online, we, we live, love you. Glad that you joined us. Proverbs four, verse seven says this, getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do. And whatever else you do, develop good judgment. Come on, touch three people around you and tell them, get good judgment. Get good judgment. If you're taking notes today, you can title this message, keep it between the lines. Keep it between the lines. Lord, I thank you right now for the word of God. I thank you that it's sharper than any two-edged sword. Thank you that every ear in here is open and receptive to hear your word. Lord, they didn't come to hear a word from man. They've come to hear a word from you. And so, Lord, I pray that you'd use me to speak to the hearts and the lives of your people. Let every life be changed. Let no one leave the same in Jesus' name. And everybody said, I never will forget the first time I got to drive a car on a major highway. It was a life-changing day for me. It was exciting. It was incredible. Most of you are probably thinking that I was 15. No, I was 10. See, I grew up with uh, cousins who were older than me, much older than me, and they let me do things all the time, right? They just, just thought, because I think it was just, we lived in a small town, it was entertainment. And, uh, and so they decided one day we were in Graham and their house was in Bryson, which was 15 miles away, and they decided they didn't want to make that drive. They would rather see me do it. So they tossed me, pulled over on the side of the road, tossed me the keys and said, get after it, Brian. And here I was, 10 years old, driving down the road on a major highway. It was dark. I was scared to death. I was so nervous. I, I was excited at first, but then I began to get really, really, really nervous because I realized that all these people are dependent on me to do a good job right? I, I have to do what I'm supposed to do. And, and my cousin, Jason, who was sitting in the front seat, he's so nice. He was like the nicest guy ever. He's just got a big heart. And he said, he said this, he, he could see that my back was knotted up, right? And I was, I was like sitting on the edge with a death grip on the steering wheel. And he could see that I was ner- I was sweating like some of you are right now. And, and, and here I was, I was like, oh my gosh. And, and he, he, he just leaned over to me and he said, hey, Brian, it's okay, just keep it between the lines and you'll be fine. And for whatever reason, that relaxed me because it stopped being too complicated. It stopped being too difficult. It stopped being so hard because all I had to do was just keep it between the yellow and the white line, right? That's all I had to do was just keep it between the lines. Just drive down the road and keep it between the lines. You know, that's amazing driving advice. Some of you who text and drive, come on, that you don't keep it between the lines. You keep, well, you keep it on the road, basically, is all you try to do. And, and here's the thing, is that's amazing driving advice, but it's also really great life advice. And that's, that could sum up this entire series, is that if we live our life with margin, if we live our life between the lines, 
If we live our life in the guidelines that God has set up for us, I think that we'll end up being very healthy and very happy people. I think we'll live abundant lives. I think that we will have rich, full lives. And, 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 and that's such an important part of us. And, and, and I think one area, though, that we mess up and we miss it. Maybe you're in this place and you've got everything, your heart's protected, you've got your mouth guarded, you're doing so good at everything in your life, but one area that most people miss it is in our finances. And when I talk about our finances, I'm talking about creating margin to live within. See, Americans, we don't live within margin. Because we don't really think, we want, we want what we want, and we want it right now. Right? right? Seems like there's a song about that. <laughs> but, but I want what I want, and I want it right now. And, and so I'm going to go out and buy it, and I'm going to get it, and I'm just going to have it. 70% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. Meaning that every time they get paid, they need that check to make it through the next two weeks or the next week. They, they're living their life paycheck to paycheck. 90% of marriages that end in divorce do so because of money. They end in divorce because there's financial pressure and there's stress and, and it causes arguments and it causes fights. Here's the thing is that I really struggle about this message because I'm talking about financial margins in our life. But here's the deal. As your pastor, I want you to be healthy in every aspect of your life. And I think this, the Bible says that where your heart is, there your treasure is. And I believe this, that it affects your heart. If your money's messed up, if you're living paycheck to paycheck, if you're anxious, if if you're stressed, if you're worried about money all the time, guess what? Your heart's not going to be in a good place. So we don't live our life within healthy margins. We don't live our life like it should be. What is margin? Margin is this. it's, It's the amount available beyond what is necessary. The amount available beyond what is necessary. Let me just break it down for you real quick. If you make $3,000 a month and you spend $2,500, you have $500, come on, dollars worth of margin, right? Pretty simple. If you spend 3,000, if you make $3,000 a month and you spend $3,000 a month, you have how much margin? Zero. Some of y'all are like, well, that ain't nothing. I, I make 3000 I spend 4000 So that's another, that's, well, that's kind of, I'll hit there, get, get there just a minute. But, but that, that's not a healthy margin. And, and the truth is, is that if we have unhealthy margin in our finances, we are stressed out. We are anxious. We are worried. We, we, we can't, we, we have to work all the time. We have no time to spend with family. We have no time to spend with friends because we don't have healthy margin. And I have everything that I want, but I can't really enjoy any of it because I work for all of it. And I'm trying to make everybody happy. And really all my kids want is me to be home. And I think they want more stuff and more things. And so I keep working. I know people that work two and three jobs for a car. To impress people that don't even like you. you. Pull up, oh, you look good at that stoplight. (laughs) 
healthy margins create freedom. They create peace. And they create joy. How many of you have ever been stressed about money? Come on, I'll raise my hand right here. I've been stressed about money before. And the reason why I was stressed is because I, ha- I didn't have healthy margins. I, didn't, I wasn't living within a healthy margin in my life. And the reason why I wasn't is because it's hard. It's difficult to live with a healthy margin. You know the reason why it's difficult? Because we are bombarded with people and, and, and the world that's telling us that we need more stuff. You know that the average American sees 5,000 ads a day. And every one of those ads are telling you, buy my stuff. You need my things to make you happy. If you have this, your life will be complete. We complete you. Right? If you, if you own this stuff, 5,000 ads are coming at me day in and day out telling me why their product is, is the most amazing thing and how I don't even know how you're living without it. In our homes, we average more TVs than we do people. Which are putting out ads that are telling us to buy more stuff. 10% of homes in the U.S., and this is actually one of the fastest growing businesses, own an outside, pay rent on an outside storage unit. They rent a facility to put their stuff that they don't have room to keep in their house. 10%, okay, here's the thing. 25% of people that own a two-car garage can't fit one car in it. So we are like, oh my gosh, he's talking about me. <laughs> 25%, come on. And it's excess stuff because we got to buy more stuff because it'll make me happy. And this seems like something I need in my life, so I go out and buy stuff. I don't have room, so I'm going to move the old stuff out into the garage. I don't want to get rid of it because it's supposed to make me happy too, but i got to have a place to put the new stuff, and so I've got to move something around, and so I'm going to rent a storage facility. I've ran out of room in my garage, so let's rent another storage facility, and let's keep renting them until we fill it all up with stuff that doesn't make us happy. With things that we haven't seen in 20 years. With things that we don't need. But it's supposed to make me happy. It's supposed to fill my life with joy and it's a vicious cycle. Because I see what my neighbor has and I want what my neighbor has. And my neighbor sees what I have. And he wants what I have. And my kids see what I have and they want everything that I have right now. Your 20-year-old thinks that they deserve everything that you have right now, not realizing that it took you 30 years to get it. But I can do it. I can afford the payments. I can get it. Let's just keep buying things because stuff makes me happy. Stuff makes my life easier. It makes me ask this question. How much stuff would I have if I didn't know what you had? 
how much stuff would I actually have if I didn't know what Curtis had? I, I, I wonder, I really do wonder, because, and, and here's the thing, social media just perpetuates this, because now I know what everybody has. So how much stuff would I have if I didn't know what you had? Here's another question for you. How much money would I save if I didn't know what you spent yours on? Because here's the deal, is that most of the time in my life, I never knew I needed something until I see you with it. I didn't even know I needed it. But here it comes. Did you see that? Huh? Have you seen? Nancy's got the brand new iPhone. Have you seen the iPhone? It's incredible. It's amazing. What does it do? The same thing my phone does. And can you believe it? It's only 1200 bucks. They're practically giving them away. Well, what does it cook me dinner? No, no, it just sends texts, makes phone calls. Amazing technology. Have you seen Sally's new Suburban? It has leather and Wi-Fi. I didn't know I needed a Wi-Fi until I got in Sally's car and I need Wi-Fi in my life. I don't even know how I've driven this far without it. I mean, how have I done this? I mean, I need it. I, I have to have it in my life. But the truth is, is you don't need it because your car got you here today. You drove a car probably here today that got you here just fine. So you really don't need it. It's not something that you have to have in your life. And here's the thing is that when I see what you have, it lures me into a trap of buying things I don't need. Now, remember, we're talking about margin. We're talking about having healthy margins in our life, in our finances. The great theologian, Justin Bieber, I had somebody ask me, you follow Bieber on Instagram? And I was like, no, I just saw it uh, from somebody else. (laughs) But Justin Bieber dropped some heavy revy right here. He said this, hey world, that glamorous lifestyle you see portrayed by famous people on Instagram. Don't be fooled thinking their life is better than yours. I can promise you It is not. Now, here's the crazy thing is Justin Bieber got trashed for this comment. I mean, absolutely. People were coming at him from the left and the right saying, who do you think you are? Because I don't know about y'all, but I think Justin Bieber's got money. And I'm pretty sure he's got a lot of stuff. And I'm pretty sure he lives in an incredible house. And I'm pretty sure everything that he wants, he can go out and buy at any time. And so who are you to tell me that that this life that everybody portrays really isn't better than mine? Because here's the thing, is the world has told me all my life, and I've swallowed it hook, line, and sinker, is that if I have stuff, I will be happy. Because if you have stuff... You can't have it bad. If you have things, you can't really have a hard life. You you can't do that. And Justin Bieber was saying this, trust me, take it from a person who has a lot of stuff. Stuff does not make you happy. 
Stop buying into a lie thinking that you need things to make you happy because it will never satisfy you. Before I go on, I just want to be really clear here. This is not an anti-stuff message. I have things. I don't live in a cardboard box, right? I don't. I I have things. So this isn't an anti-stuff message. I'm not, at the end of this message, you're like, oh boy, here it comes. He's going to tell us to sell everything, give it to the poor. No, I'm not. It's not an anti-stuff message. It's not not having things. It's living a life where things don't have you. It's living a life where you're free to do all that God has called you to be. It's living a life free of anxiety and stress and stop trying to keep up with the Joneses and stop buying into a lie that you have to have everything right now and I can afford the payments. So if I I can afford the payments and I can do it, I'm amazed at people, how they live their life. And and, and it's it's incredible to me. I had a a good uh, friend of ours who who, uh, goes to this church and he was talking to me. He goes, man, Brian, you, you wouldn't believe this. I had somebody come in to our business the other day and they made $300,000 a year. That's some bank. He knew this because he's running his credit. $300,000 a year, incredible amount of money. They get done with the deal and he said, okay, it's going to be a $500 down payment. He couldn't write a $500 check. Said, I don't have $500. He makes $300,000 a year. Why? Because he believes that he needs stuff. He believes that he needs things in his life. And so he has boats that he's making payments on. He's got four wheelers. He's got ATV. He's got all this stuff that he's making payments on. A huge house. You know, the truth is, is that I would rather drive a pay for car and be free than have a car that I can't afford and feel chained to debt. I want to be free. To do all that God has called me to do and all that God has called me to be. So this is an anti-stuff message. This is just saying, I think that we need to figure out the margins and to start living within those margins. To figure out the lines that we need to live by and start living within those lines. I got 10 minutes. It's not gonna happen. Number one. Write down a game plan. Luke 14, 28 says this. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first, this is Jesus talking, won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? Here's the thing. Jesus is saying, won't you first make sure that you have the budget before you start something? See, budgets are biblical. There's nothing wrong with a budget. And, and, and I think that it's so important for us to understand that God wants us to create healthy margin and healthy finances in our life. I don't know about you, but whenever I get in the car to go somewhere, I put it in my phone. Other than home, I put it in my phone. The reason why is because I want to get from point A to point B as quickly as possible. I want to get to the burger place so that I can get the burger in my mouth. 
I don't want to waste time getting there. I want, I want to avoid traffic jams because I lose my salvation in traffic jams. I, I, I want to get there as quickly as possible. And here's the thing is that creating a budget is like that. It's like putting a, a destination on paper that says this, I know where I want to go and this is how we're going to get there. If you don't have a budget in place, it's like living your life driving through a rearview mirror. All you see is what's behind you. But that's not the way cars are meant to be, and that's not the way your finances are meant to be. You're supposed to drive through the windshield so that you can see, look forward and see what's ahead of you so that you can make preparation and start planning for what's coming your way. Most people live their lives winging it. Well, we're just winging it. You know, we'll figure it out when we get there. But, but they have this great idea of having money left over at the end of the month. But most people end up with more month left over at the end of the money. It's because they haven't set a budget. They haven't planned it out. They haven't thought it out. They, they, just, they just keep on, whenever something comes, they just, it's just like, we keep spending money, we keep spending money, we keep spending money, and at the end of the day, they find themselves in financial ruin. You have to write down a game plan so that you can establish a destination. If you are married, that does not mean one person sits down and makes a budget and then you say, okay. It means that you sit down together and you write out a budget together. Fight night. You ain't touching my stuff. No, come on, I need my Starbucks or I will kill you. It's fight night. But let me ask you this question. Would you rather fight one night a month or every night the month? Create a budget. Create a game plan. Number two, I gotta go. Save money. Save. This is a crazy idea. You do not have to spend everything that you make. Every dollar does not have to go out. Proverbs 21, 20 says this, the wise man saves for the future. The wise man saves for the future. I love Financial Peace University. Dave Ramsey, I think is a genius. And the reason why he's a genius is not because he's Dave Ramsey, it's because he actually read the Bible. And that's what he'll tell you. The Bible told me what to do, and I did it. What a crazy idea. He says this, you need to, 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 say, you need to save money. You need to save for two things. Number one, you need to have an emergency fund. Because guess what? Some days it does rain. Some days things happen. Unfortunately, cars do break down occasionally, right? And so you need to have money there so that whenever the repairs come and something needs to be done, you have the money to fix it. He says this, a fully funded emergency fund is three to six months worth of income. Three to six months worth of income. You can cover your bills. You can take care of everything. I heard about a man who uh, he had worked for a company for 13 years. His boss was his best friend. His boss came in with tears running down his face and he said, Oh, I'm so sorry, but there's been cutbacks and we got to let you go. I don't know about you, but that's a a punch in the gut. But the man had been through Dave Ramsey, Financial Peace University. And so he had set, set back six months worth of emergency fund. 
So he said, hey man, I, I don't mean to be cold or rude or anything, but what's the severance package? He said, well, it's $78,000. He said, okay, great. He had a six months emergency fund, took the $78,000 and started a business competing with his old company. Why? Because he created an emergency fund. He was smart. A wise man saves for the future. The other thing that you need to do is you need to save for retirement. Don't think the government's going to take care of you. It can barely take care of itself. Save for retirement. I'm going to be real quick on this. A good growth stock mutual fund in a Roth IRA. If you put $100 in it, kids, listen to me. Young people, listen to me. If you put $100 in it from the age 30 to 70, you will, be, uh, you will have over a million dollars. $100. Most of us waste $100. Most of us spend $100 on things we don't need. And if we would just plan, if we would just save, we would be happy. Come on. It's again, it's figuring out what I want most, not what I want now. What I want most is to have a condo on the beach. Amen. Number three, act your wage. Act your wage. Proverbs 21.20 says this, The wise man saves for the future, but the foolish man spends whatever he gets. Act your wage. Live on what you make, not on what you want to make. Live within your means. When I was 18 years old, I got tired of driving my paid-for Toyota Corolla that was pink, and it made me feel very non-manly. But it was paid for. So I decided I needed a truck. So I bought the truck because I had the down payment and I could make the payments. But what I didn't know is that the transmission would go out two years later. And I'd been making the payments fine, but then I had a broke truck and I had no extra money to fix it. So I went to my grandmother and I said, Meemaw, bail me out. Meemaw was a hard woman. So she set up a game plan for me to pay her every cent back. She gave me the loan, but then this is what she said. She said, don't you feel like a big man driving your truck? I was like, Meemaw, you're cruel. Hit a man when he's down. And she, what she was telling me this is start acting your wage. If you don't have the money to fix the vehicle, then you don't have the money for the vehicle. If you don't have the money for that brand new vehicle and you can barely make it and you're going to have to get a second job, you don't have the money. Act your wage. Live within your means. Last thing, get out of debt. I have debt. So this is not, I I wish I was standing here saying I own everything. I, I don't. But I'm working to get out of debt. I have a plan in place and we are constantly working to get out of debt. We're constantly pushing forward. We're constantly moving the ball forward because I want to get out of debt. Deuteronomy 28, 12 says this, the Lord will open to you his good treasure, the heavens, to give rain to your land in its season. You shall lend and not borrow. See, God's plan for our lives is to be lenders, not borrowers. God wants to bless us. God wants us to live within means. And when we live within our means, when we live within the, if we keep our, uh, between the lines in our finances, guess what? We, we end up in a very healthy situation. 
Forbes asked the top 400 wealthiest people in America the quickest way to gain wealth. 75% said this, get out of debt and stay out of debt. Isn't that amazing? The wealthiest people in America said this, get out of debt and stay out of debt. Don't take on unnecessary debt because it's something that you want. When you have an emergency fund, you're not grabbing the, swiping the credit card and gracking up that debt just to make ends meet so that you can keep going. And it ends up being this giant, vicious cycle and you get deeper and deeper in debt and you don't have any peace and you're stressed out and you're anxious about everything and there's no way, you're living paycheck to paycheck. You can't help anybody. You can't do anything. All you can do is try to keep your head above the water. all of us have done it so I'm not throwing rocks but I'm telling you for me I'm putting some guardrails I always tell people you just get to come and listen to me preach to myself every week putting some guardrails in my life because I want to be free I don't need more stuff I need more peace I need me more joy. And I think everybody in here would say the same. Some of you are going to have to make some major decisions. Because you're moving yourself to a place that has some guardrails in your finances. And you're going to start keeping it between the lines. Amen. Every head bowed and every eye closed. And Lord, we thank you for your presence in this place. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that in your word, Lord, that you are always giving us guardrails. God, that you are always showing us the way. That you are always leading us. That you are always guiding us. God, that you never put anything in place to keep us from having fun, but God, that you put things in place so that we can have lives and lives more abundantly. God, that we can stay out of dangerous and off-limits areas. God, that we may follow you, that we may get to our destinies, that we may fulfill our purpose on this this world. Lord, Lord, I pray right now in the name of Jesus, God. God, that for people, maybe you're out there and you're barely keeping your head above water. And Lord, I pray right now for those people that God, that you would give them wisdom. God, that you would help them make wise decisions. God, this isn't a, a quick, a, 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 just a quick shot and you're done. But God, that you would help them to make good decisions to begin to crawl out of this hole. God, that we could be free. God, that we could have peace again. Lord, I pray for it in Jesus' name. For that marriage, Lord, that's struggling because they're fighting about finances and the bills and all the things that are coming up. And Lord, I just pray right now for peace in that home. God, that they would unify them. Lord, that they would, you would unify them. God, that they would come together and that they would make a plan. God, that they would set some guardrails. God, that they would paint some lines and say, this is where we're going to be because this is where we want end up. But we thank you for it. 
the Church RC, we aim to help you encounter Jesus. If this ministry has blessed you in any way and you would like to contribute financially, you can go to thechurchrc.com slash giving. If you have a story to share about how God is moving in your life, send us an email at amen at thechurchrc.com. Thanks and have a great week.